Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we get to talk about the spring game. Uh, it's like 11 o'clock on Friday night. I finished up my writing, and uh, now it's time to do the talking, I guess. Uh, I had a chance today to talk with Eric Olson and Noah Fenske, so I'm going to have those two interviews for you guys at the end of the show. Um the audio is not perfect, I'll say that. They were practicing outside today, which means we talked to them outside, and it was really windy. It was really, really windy. And so, again, I'm going to do the best I can with the audio. It should be pretty pretty solid, um, but uh, there is, like, a fair warning there. Um, definitely good conversations. You know, Eric sat on the bench last year as a freshman, typically what happens with freshmen. Um, but we talked a little bit about that, what we, uh, what, what's going on with the new offense, how the tight ends are going to be involved, uh, good stuff from him. But then also uh, had, had a chance, like I said, to talk with Noah Fenske, who was competing with Austin Johnson for the starting center job. Uh, he transferred in from Iowa, and uh, he had some, some interesting insights on kind of the differences between there and here and, and a lot of the similarities as well. So, so that's coming up in the second half of the show. Before we do that, though, we got to talk about what to watch for at the spring game tomorrow. Um, so hopefully you guys are listening to this, like maybe on your way to Boulder, maybe like you're waking up excited to get to Boulder. And I don't know, sometimes that always happens to me. It's like, it's like, oh, going to a Grizz game and you wake up at seven. It's like, I'm not going back to sleep. I'm excited to go to the game. But yeah, whatever, whatever the circumstance, uh, hopefully you get a chance to hear this before the spring game. Oh, and I should say after the spring game, we will be going live on the DNVR YouTube page. So uh, make sure you come hang out. It's going to be me and RK. I'd guess that it starts like four or five. Um, practice ends at three. 
They have the field day that starts at three. Um, I don't think we're going to do any of that stuff, but hey, who knows? Um, then we got drive back to Denver and all that, but, but be, be on the lookout for that. And if you don't make it live, uh, first of all, you're missing out. But second of all, uh, it will be up in the podcast form, um, tomorrow night, Saturday night. And, uh, yeah, so there's, a there's that kind of wild. We've gotten to this point. It's still blowing my mind every day that, uh, camp is almost over. Camp is almost over. And to be honest, like I get, I get my life back soon. Which is weird. Um, not that there's much going on. I guess like I get to golf again. I could probably golf right now too if I needed to. But yeah, uh, camp is almost over. And it wraps up tomorrow. And for those of you who haven't been following along too closely, uh, this will be a good podcast for you because we're going uh, to kind of touch on the bigger developments and uh, some of the names that have really stood out so far. Let's start with Eric Olson. You know, he's he's you're going to hear from him later on, but in those first few days of camp, he was catching a handful of balls every day, four, five, six, and that's notable considering Colorado has not used the tight end in the passing game well at all for a decade. I mean, since Nick Casa left, really, so yeah, about a decade. Um, that seems to be kind of changing, uh, but... We'll have to wait till it kind of plays out on the field. Um, between Eric Olson and Austin Smith, I think that you probably have a pretty tight competition for the number two tight end job. Both those guys are are receiving threats first, in, in my opinion. Uh, that's that's where I I think that they kind of stand out. Um, for all these young tight ends, a, a lot of the time you have to worry about them blocking. Um, Brady still does have a firm hold on that starting job, but I do think that. There are going to be plenty of situations where the Buffs want to use two tight ends. Who knows? Maybe even three tight ends um, if if they wind up having the personnel to do that kind of thing. Because, again, college football today, there aren't a lot of defenses that are built to go heavy. You know, Everybody's worried about the back end of their defense. Can you, can you put extra linebackers out there and still be okay? Um, again, I don't... Maybe, maybe we should talk about this offense a little bit too. Um, we do know that it's going to be fairly vanilla. Yes, or vanilla tomorrow. Sorry, it is late. Um, Mike Sanford was telling us earlier this week, the new offensive coordinator, that uh, the basically he he was at Minnesota when Minnesota was preparing for Colorado's new defense last year, and. He's saying, like, yeah, we found every angle that we could of this spring game because that was really all we had to work off of. And he basically said, like, we're playing Minnesota again, and I know that how they're going to prepare. You know, they've got a new offensive scout now, and I know exactly how they're going to do it, and we're not showing anything here. And, again, I think sometimes you can overstate those sorts of things. The football coaches have a tendency to do that. At the same time, though, if if you can get a jump on TCU in that first game of the season, you know, if if you can get even if it's just one drive, even if that that first drive you're able to pull 3 points out of it when it normally would would have been a 3 and out if they knew it was coming. Hey, you got to take what you can get and I I get it. Um I do think that eventually though this is going to turn into a pretty creative offense. Um a lot of downfield type of stuff. Um, a lot of motion, I would guess. A very diverse running and passing game. Maybe some RPO stuff. We'll, we'll see if there's much RPO stuff. Um, but I do think that is one of those caveats going into tomorrow where, hey, if they line up and, and keep it kind of bland, that's that's not necessarily a sign of things to come. I think that tomorrow is more about 
who who stands out and not necessarily the big picture, what are they running, that sort of thing. Um, you know, Eric Olson, Austin Smith, those are at the top of the list, guys who uh, I think definitely could stand out tomorrow. Um, if, if we want to keep expanding on the offensive side of the ball, um, obviously it's a big day for Brendan Lewis. Um, if, if he can go out there and be decisive and make quick decisions and work well from the pocket, that would go a long way for him. Uh, I think that for these running backs, they also have a great opportunity. I don't know if Alex Fontenot is healthy enough to, to participate in the spring game. If I had to guess, I'd say no. Um, but we'll, we'll see if he's out there tomorrow. Uh, if he's not out there, though, that means Deion Smith and Jay Lee Stacks are going to be getting a lot of work. And, if again, if they're able to have a big day, if, if Dion has 12 carries for 100 yards, that's something that's going to be notable as we get into the fall. This is... This is when you kind of jockey for position. You know, this is uh, it's like in NASCAR. Ooh, actually, I don't know exactly if this is how it works. In my understanding of NASCAR, I guess this is just like my understanding of NASCAR, um, which is that you, everybody has like their time trial, and they, they run around the course as fast as they can or drive around the course as fast as they can, and then they just rank everybody. And the best starting spot goes to whoever's fastest. This is like that time trial where... If if you if you do well here, well guess what? If Dion, you can be penciled in as the number two back, number three back. If if you don't do well, you might not be competing for the starting job. All those reps might go to Alex and, and Ramon when he shows up on campus. So big day there as well. Um and I think Jay Lee in the passing game, you know, the a lot of work is going to be done on this offense over the offseason. And and there's also going to be some advanced scouting. So who knows? Maybe maybe you look at uh at TCU, for example, let's just start week one, um, or even even like a UCLA. That's probably a better example. Maybe you turn on the UCLA tape and say, you know what, that's a team where we want to go heavy on offense. You know, Mike Sanford's looking through, and he's not necessarily building his game plan, but he's learning what they do so that when it's time to build that game plan, you can throw it in pretty quick, and he might even have the bones there. But if, if you're Jay Lee, you want to have a big day tomorrow. You want to be catching balls out of the backfield. You need to be blowing guys up when you're working at fullback so that over this offseason, when Sanford's going through and looking at that UCLA tape, he's thinking like, oh, yeah, you know, I bet I bet if we get Jay Lee blocking up the middle, blocking up the middle, blocking, I bet we could leak him out to the side and get a big game here. You know, it just gets you onto the coaches' minds when they go through and, and figure out the game planning stuff, but also kind of get a sense of what this offense will look like. Um, get a sense of, of what they're trying to do, what their base is, what what are you best at. Um, and, and things change during the fall. And, you know, the, the depth chart will shake up a little bit during the fall. But in particular, the way that I think this offense is going to work, it's about it's about traits, right? Um, you know, if, if you're Daniel Arias out there, you want to show off your size and your speed and, and hands too. Show that you can make the catches when you finally get open downfield. Um, and, and if you do that, then when you're building this offense, a lot of the time you're thinking, Hey, if we send Daniel down this sideline, things are going to be open. You know, those are the thoughts that, that you, you want to be putting in the coaches heads. And that's, that's kind of what tomorrow's all about. Um, so yeah, but I think looking at the receivers again, we don't know who's healthy and who's not, which is too bad. Um, I, I do think Daniel's healthy. And he's had a big camp, so he's absolutely somebody to keep an eye on. Um, 
it, again, it's that downfield stuff for him. Does, does he have a 50-yard touchdown catch? If he does, that's going to be great for him. You know, it sounds like Maurice Bell's back getting some real work. Not sure how much we'll see from him tomorrow, but that's a that's a veteran speed threat, somebody who is kind of growing a little bit before he, he missed last season with the injury. So what, what can he do? Uh, is Jalen Jackson out there? You know, you have this group of those three seniors that, you know, if they step up and they're ready to be on the field, all of a sudden you have a pretty veteran wide receiver group, which is strange to think about. Um, but from there, I mean, Montana, obviously. Um, Chase Penry, Ty Robinson. I'd be surprised if Ty Robinson goes. Um, Chase Penry, we haven't gotten an update in quite a while. So we'll just, again, wait and see. Um, but a lot on the line for all these guys, specifically because we we can name so many of them, right? You know, there's there's 10 wide receivers who could wind up being in your top three. And, and any one of them who has a big day tomorrow, again, that, that pencils you into the top. So that when you get to the fall, you know, who's going with the ones? Which three are going with the ones? You want to be in that group. And who's going with the twos? Who's kind of buried on the depth chart and is going to have some real work to do to carve out a role early in the season? You know, so big plays tomorrow will go a long way. And they'll be going up against a, a good group of corners. Um, this has been, you know, you don't want to get ahead of yourself, but... There's a there's a lot of potential and a lot of talent in this group of corners, but similar to the receivers, you just don't know who's out there. You know, Nigel Bethel was kind of the unsung hero of that secondary early last year. You know, he was the the third corner who was locking up guys just as well as Christian Gonzalez and Makai Blackman. You know, there was no weak link there, and that's why you could go man and win. Um, now, you know. Makai and Gonzo were taking the one and two receivers typically, and Nigel was taking the number three. So that that does change the dynamic a little bit. Can he step up and take those number ones? But I do think that he is going to be a very important part of what they do at cornerback this season. Um, I also don't believe he's going to be going tomorrow. We have to wait and see for sure, though. Um, from there, everything is wide open. Um, and, and even, I think there's potential for people to bump Nigel out, honestly, but... It, It'd be tough to do. It'd be really tough to do, especially early in the year. That's probably more of a mid-year change if there's a reason to make that change. Um, Jalen Stryker has been around for a couple years now, hasn't taken a snap yet. Um, but as a junior, he's he's got to be the first name you list because if he's ready to go, that, that would be a big development. Um, because behind him, you've got all these young guys. Um, Kalen Moore, Nico Reed, both played really well last season both played really well in that scrimmage too that we saw um nico reed was making plays uh breaking up passes he was one of the big standouts then Kalen moore i mean wearing that number zero now there's a lot of talent in this cornerback room it's just young um and then you get to the freshman too you know josh wiggins um josh wiggins could be your number one corner this year and he's a true freshman um i think I think it was it was Rod Chance last week. That's who it was, uh, the cornerbacks coach, who said, you know, Jason Oliver has been just as good as Josh has. So again, when you see Josh out there making those plays, and it's a small sample size because we only get to see them twice this spring, and the second time is tomorrow. But these corners, they they've got some players in here. Um, they're young, and there's probably going to be some mistakes at points. But there's a there's a lot of talent in that room. But again, you, they aren't all going to get on the field. You probably wind up with your three to go with early in the season. You want to be part of that group. Um, 
Kalen Moore, Nico Reed, as crazy as it sounds, their jobs might not be all that safe, which is a little bit different than I expected to be saying at this point. I, th- I thought that you probably have those two in your starting lineup, but um, there's pressure, there's competition, there's a lack of size. I think that stands out. You know, Torn Pittman is probably working out at corner quite a bit tomorrow, I would guess. Um, he he might have come in as a corner. He might have been recruited as a corner. I can't remember. But he's been playing safety at Colorado. Um, but now, going into year three, I believe, um, working at corner, and he does provide the length. Um, and who knows, maybe that's more situational. Maybe that's more, you're, you're going up against a Drake London, for example. You throw him on him. Um, but that that's just even more competition out there. Um, but these battles between these receivers and corners, it's going to be some good football. Um, and it's safety. I mean, safety is wide open. Uh, you have Isaiah Lewis. He's he's going to start. I think he's one of the maybe five or six guys on the team you're confident saying, yep, he's, he's going to start. Um, but that second safety spot, uh, Trevor Woods probably gets first try at it. Um, you know, Anthony Lyle was playing quite a bit, the walk-on, but he's a senior. Could he step up and be ready? It's possible. Um, you know, Tyron Taylor's kind of playing that slot role. I think I think there's a good chance he winds up spending a lot of time there this season. Um, but could factor in at safety as well. But safety is where you've got a couple more freshmen coming in over the summer. Um, you've got Jeremy Mack, a transfer sophomore, who's coming in over the summer. And... You know, with only a couple scholarships left, I'd be pretty surprised if one of them doesn't go to a safety. Uh, but that is potential weakness, a potential potential breakout spot, though, especially for somebody like a Trevor Woods. Um, he's another one I I definitely keep a close eye on tomorrow. Um, I've been saying this for weeks, but I, I just want to see this front seven. And again, I don't think we're going to get too much schematically. We'll get some stuff schematically, and if they're going to be running more this four three, which is what it sounds like at this point. What does that look like? You know, are you are you playing three inside linebackers? Um, is is an Alvin Williams a, a guy who maybe could fit into that base four three, um, as well as the three four? It's p- potentially potentially he spent time inside linebacker before. He was on a podcast a couple days ago. If you want to go listen to that, um, but there's a I want to see who is working where and what they're being asked to do. Um, you know that, that the reason that they want to use more of those four-man fronts is because you have Terrence Lang and Jalen Sami and Naeem Rodman and now Janaz Jordan and Justin Jackson, Jeremiah Doss. I mean, all those guys are just juniors and seniors. And and the two juniors are the two guys who've played behind Terrence Lang the most football and Naeem Rodman and Jalen Sami. Very veteran group up front. You do want to get a bunch of those guys on the field, um, and that's kind of your strength. But what do you do behind them? Um, Quinn Perry, Robert Barnes, Marvin Ham. I'd guess that that's kind of your top line of linebackers as of right now. Um, we'll, we'll see if they shake that up at all. Um, Mr. Williams is somebody I really keep an eye on. I think he long-term is going to be a very good football player for CU and uh, a very, very good football player for CU. I mean, he just has, he has the brain to do it. Um, does he do that quickly? Is he ready now as a redshirt freshman? Who knows? But, you know, there, there's an opening for sure, right? Um, there's definitely an opening. So that's probably one guy in particular I keep an eye on. And these outside linebackers, again, if, if, those are, if they're only going to be out there kind of in the pass rush situations or, or when you flip back to that 
that's going to be even more competitive. But you know Guy Thomas is going to be on the field. There's no way you can keep him off the field. So how does he fit in? What does this defense look like? Um, that's a little bit bigger question. Again, they're not going to tip their hand too much, but you can get some ideas, I'd guess. But even behind Guy, you know, you've got Jamar Montgomery, who might be their best pass rushing linebacker. Um, Josh Gagustav um, is is kind of a pass rush specialist as well. Um Alvin Williams, who we've talked about a couple times, you know, the, one of one of the points of emphasis from Carl this spring has been to develop the pass rush because I think they had 14 sacks last year, which was the fewest in the Pac-12. And every time it seems like he says that, it's like, yeah, and Alvin Williams is doing it. So he's definitely one to keep an eye on. I think they're going to struggle to keep him off the field as well. Um, Devin Grant obviously got a lot of work down the stretch last year. Zion Magalay, I've heard some really good things about Zion. Um, there's there's a bunch of options. Then you also have like Owen Carey. Owen Carey comes in from California as a true freshman, one of the Buffs' top recruits. Um, he's an outside linebacker, but the Buffs flipped him to inside, so that's where he's been working. You know that that second line of linebackers, if it's made up of you know, Owen Carey, Mr. Williams, and who knows, maybe they throw in Alvin Williams or Devin Grant in there in that 4-3. That's a good-looking group. That's a really good-looking second group with a whole lot of upside. I think you that's kind of the trend of this whole roster is that, yeah, it's kind of young, um, but there's a whole lot of upside. Um, so, again, who knows who the star is going to be tomorrow, but there are quite a few candidates um, it's just that there's so much competition right now. We've talked about it before. That's tough on coaches. You know, when it's easy to go into a football team, you know, you go to the Broncos right now and say, who's your quarterback? Oh, Russell Wilson. Who's your running back? Javante Williams. Who's your receivers? Sutton, Patrick, Judy, Hamler. Uh, who's your offensive line? Uh, maybe you have a little bit of a question at right tackle. The rest of it's set. The tight end. Yeah, you got two guys that they do different things, so you know when to use It's a very simple look. Right now, when you look at it and say, who's... Who's your top three receivers? Well, it could be Daniel Arias, could be Maurice Bell, could be Jalen Jackson. R.J. Sneed is probably definitely in there somewhere. Montana Lamonius Craig, Chase Penry, Ty Robinson. And then you've got some more freshmen getting onto campus this year, and we know that the freshmen played a part last year. So who is your best? Who's to say? Um, and so the coaches need to sort through all that. And that they luckily get, what, 40 practices in the offseason, 15 in the spring, 25 in the fall. Um, we get to see these two uh, the scrimmage a couple weeks ago and then the spring game tomorrow, but I uh, it, there's a lot to look for. I I made sure I was about to start this podcast and I thought, you know what, let's let's log on to Sling right now and record this spring game tomorrow so that you don't forget to press record tomorrow and then uh, hate yourself for months and months and months um, because there's just so much to watch. You know, I guess we haven't touched much on the offensive line. You know, Jake Wiley still working at left tackle, Frank at right tackle, uh, Tommy and Casey at the two guard spots, then Noah Fenske and Austin Johnson really competing at center. Hearing good things about the offensive line, and you'll get to hear a little bit more about that later on when you get to hear from Noah. Um, but these battles in the trenches, you know, these are tough tests for this offensive line. There's a bunch of really veteran players on this in this front seven, front four in particular. Um, Guy Thomas coming off the edge, too. Uh, there's a lot of good battles out there, and I'm really excited. And I'm going to be specifically tuned into the trenches because I'm pretty fired up about what could be happening there on both sides of the ball. Um, like I said, though, 
Interviews with Eric Olson and Noah Fenske on the way. Real quick, though, before we hit that. Support for DNVR is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. You can join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. It's 20% off and free shipping worldwide with the code DN or sorry, Buffs, B-U-F-F-S at manscaped.com. Um, and you know, if my math is correct, 4 million men, that's about 8 million balls. Uh, the Performance Package 4.0 has arrived, and oh man, is it a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to hold all your goodies. Um, the, the, the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is the future of grooming. Um, their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400k led spotlight if you need a more precise shave um it's waterproof so you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor um and if you thought that was good then you gotta pick up the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer um it comes with proprietary skin safe technology which helps reduce nicks snags and tugs in those delicate nose holes um, the ball deodorant, ball toner, those will change your life. You get those two free gifts with the boxers and the travel bag. So make sure that you get 20% off and free shipping with the code buffs at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code buffs. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped. All right. Uh, also DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, actually, so my best bet yesterday was not making a bet. I was, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. So I went to that Nuggets game. You might notice that my voice is still gone. It was, it was gone about five minutes in because of those terrible refs. Um, I didn't, didn't punch anybody, get punched, anything like that. It's a nice tame night. Luckily, it was just mostly Nuggets fans everywhere. Actually, the, the three seats in front of us, there was three Warriors fans and they were the worst. Um, just one guy wearing like his purple button up whatever linen whatever his girlfriend actually his girlfriend could not figure out why the why they kept showing 5280 everywhere the number 5280 and the guy was just like making fun of her it's like i'm not going to tell you you got to figure that one out um but they were the worst they were the worst um but i decided that i'm not going to bet against the nuggets because i'm against that i'm not going to bet on the nuggets because they have no chance of winning this game and uh, so then I wound up not making any bets. Uh, actually, the friends I went with, they made bets and they hit. You know, Jokic over 35 points, those sorts of things. Um, there was money to be made. And it was actually on stuff that we'd all talked about and agreed it was a good bet. And I just said, you know what? I'm not... Okay. Turns out I made a mistake. I think I made a mistake. But with DraftKings Sportsbook, um, you can get $5 if you... Or sorry. If you bet $5 on any team to win their game in these NBA playoffs then you will get $150 in free bets instantly. You don't have to get the bet right. You don't even have to wait for the game to happen. You just put in your $5, you get $150 in free bets. Uh, there's same game parlays. That's where I make most of my money. Um, combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. I, I always just take the low lines. It's like Jokic to get 20 points. Oh, yeah, he'll do that. Um, Jokic to get eight rebounds. I mean, he's done that every game. Then you just combine it. It's like, oh, all of a sudden, one-to-one -one odds. We'll take that, and it hits. 
Um, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Um... I guess we've hit the point in the show where you get to hear the interviews. Um, we'll see. We'll see what the audio sounds like. I'm going to clean this stuff up as much as I can. Um, but let's start with Eric Olson. Here's what Eric Olson had to say the day before the spring game. Stuff in that we need to get done before spring ball is done, you know? Okay. How do you think spring ball has gone for you? Good. It's been a great time for development. Um, and, you know, it's just it's been long, but it's been good. I've been getting a lot of reps. Yeah. a lot better. You had kind of a hot start, too, making some plays early on. Does, does that give you a little bit of confidence going through in the first week? You're scoring a couple touchdowns, catching some balls? Yeah, no, it, it was definitely a good feeling coming back after, you know, winter offseason and really making an impact on the first day. Like, that was a great feeling. Give me that confidence to be able to carry that through all of spring ball. Yeah, you didn't get to play much at all last season. I mean, what's what's that like, kind of just sitting on the bench and, and waiting for it to be your turn? Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely hurt. I definitely obviously wanted to play, but uh, I guess the timing wasn't really right. But now that I'm another year in the future, um, things are a lot different. When when you kind of finished up that first year, what what was on your mind? What did you want to clean up? What did you want to work on? Um, I think the biggest thing for me was probably just uh, like comfort within the system okay. and at this level, as well as like obviously being able to compete against players that are older and bigger and faster and stronger than me. So um, just getting myself up to that level of the off season was my my biggest concern. You so you want to get comfortable in the system, but then right away the system changes. Right, like that that's got to be at least a little bit frustrating, right? Like you spend three months, however long you're on campus, learning one thing and now you have to do something else. Yeah, I mean, when it really boils down to a football's football, right? Like we're all, every team's going to run inside zone, outside zone, different gap schemes. Like we just have different names for the same stuff this year. Um, And I like this offense a lot lot more anyway, so I'm happy about that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's good for tight ends in particular. Yeah, yeah. One of the things we heard is that like the tight end now is... uh, like an actual part of the passing progression like like there's just the fact that on any given play there's a chance that you wind up with the ball when in the past that wasn't necessarily the case yeah i mean you're looking back to last year and i no tight end scored last year and i'm hoping to change that this year um so we'll see how that goes but that's my that's my dream right now how does it change an offense do you think when when the tight end is out there being productive and scoring well Really, we're a mismatch problem. You know, that's that's why the NFL has been incorporating tight ends yeah. so much. Because, like, if you get a good tight end that can do everything, like, you are going to be able to create those mismatches across the field, yep. put people in awkward positions, and be able to capitalize on that. Is that something that kind of gets emphasized to you? Like, you know, it's great to be a good receiver as a tight end. It's great to be a good blocker. But you really don't have that value. You aren't really that X factor unless you're making the defense decide what they're going to do with you. Right, right. Uh, that? Yeah, like, uh, is that something that the uh, play at this point is kind of emphasizing? Oh, yeah. Being no. well-rounded? Yeah, no, there is not, none of us can do, like, six to one thing. I think all of us, obviously, you know, on the spectrum of being, like, a true can-only block versus receiver, like, 
some of us fall in that spectrum, but you can't just do one thing. You have yeah. to be able to do. You have to be able to play all over the field, in line, flex out, and. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's your? Uh, which part of that was tougher for you? Was it the blocking or the catching? Um. Well, it depends. Probably both in different aspects. Okay. Like, uh, getting used to the speed of play, especially in the pass game, was very new to me. Like. Yeah. Um, and then in the run game when I first got here, I was just being like overpowered by people who, you know, 23. Yeah, like yeah. I was getting pretty messed up. So but now, yeah, we're good now. We're what are you? Now. What are you excited about for tomorrow? Um, I'm just excited just to get like show what I've improved on to the world. You know, like really show people that I belong here and I'm in the right spot and. That I'm excited to be playing here in Colorado. Like it wasn't a mistake. Yeah. Or, like I'm meant to be here. Like this is this is it. Is, it. is that kind of tough? Like coming from being in Colorado when you do have like half the teams from California or Texas or something like that. You're you're kind of an in-state guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always want, I always wanted to go to Colorado my whole life, even before I had the opportunity to play football. Uh, you know, like with the scholarship and whatnot. So I've always wanted to go to Colorado. Why? I go somewhere out of town, like out of state, my twenties, just have fun and whatnot. But. All right, that was Eric Olson. I think I cleaned that up enough. Um, it's just so windy. It's just so windy. And I was like covering the microphone with my hand a little bit so the wind wouldn't hit it. And Eric was like leaning in. I think people were looking at him weird because he was leaning in so far. We did our best. Um, the second interview, though, with Noah, uh, we got up close to a wall. So the wall was actually kind of parallel with the wind. And so the, it didn't really stop the wind, but it did kind of get me into that little corner so that I could just push my phone into Noah Fenske's massive chest. And I think he did a, a pretty good job blocking the wind just by being, you know, the, the size of a power five offensive lineman. Uh, so here's here's what Noah had to say. Uh, how's, how's practice going? Good, good, good. Yeah? You, you obviously getting some work with the one. It sounds like it's a bit of a competition between you and Austin for that uh, the starting center job. Is it is it nice just to have somebody who's pushing you? Oh, of... definitely. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't really say it's a competition yet. I mean, we're still okay. in spring ball right now. Like, I think, and this is how both of us are treating it. We both have the attitude like let's just make ourselves better. Like, you know, he's a great player. Um, when Paul Camp comes, it's going to be really good competition. You know, he's one of my best friends in the team, so like, you know, I'm going to be happy for him, and that, that will be happy for me. So we're just like every day, like we're partners in most drills that we do. Like we're just trying, like while we care about is winning games, we're trying to not winning games. And that's that's kind of our attitude. You know, get, right now it's just get better every day. When the competition time comes, well, how how difficult was the transition from Iowa to Colorado? Um, it was you know it was definitely a transition. You know, I definitely thought I was gonna have you know a little bit more playing time last year. You know, I I think to be honest, I probably came in with a high ego, like oh God, it's behind Tyler Linderbaum. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, Colorado's power five program, just like this is, and you know, I got to learn from another really great center, Kobe. Like, yeah. um, you know, I'm 
Chase has been a great leader for me, you know, all of spring ball. Like, you know, we've been, you know, during the offseason, you guys don't get to see this, but we're, we were in there at 5.15 every morning when, you know, when we didn't have to be. And, like, there's four or five guys of us that are just doing that right now because we just, like I said, we're tired of losing. Last year we saw, you know, 50,000 fans show up every week. You, know, you don't get that a lot at four day schools. Like, we want, like, these, these fans deserve so much better, and we're going to try and bring that to them. And particularly, like, offensive line wise, you kind of jumped into a tough situation. Like, you show up, and then a few months later, there's a new coach, and there's an interim coach, and then another coach. Like, going through that process, that, that's got to be kind of challenging mentally, right? Just yeah. To, like, I mean, I, so I, last year, you know, I kind of just became the utility guy. I was, you know, I, I played, there were some practices that I played left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. Um, you know, I got to learn from some really good coaches. You know, Coach Palaos is really good for yeah. me, you know. Uh, just so. him being, you know, just a really good player. And, you know, he he actually talked a lot about just how, like, to get mentally ready for games and stuff and how to mentally approach things. And, like, that's been really huge for me, you know. I, you know, I won't lie, I've been an anxious person my whole life. And, you know, he really taught me, like, you know, he, he, I think he won the Remington. He was like, I was I was nervous every single game. And, like, it was kind of nice to hear that I'm coming from a guy that, you know, as good as he was. Yeah. That, you know, hey, we all feel it. You know? Totally. Um, what What is Kyle brought to the room? Oh, man. <laughs> what, what, I, mean, I mean, just consistency, I think, is a big thing. You know, okay. the ability for him to... I think in college football, there's coach. You know, I've had a coach that's really good with older guys, but not very good with younger young guys. I've had, but like he's different. Like, you know, he knows. I don't know. I don't know how to explain this, but he knows which buttons, to, which which buttons to push, how to push them. You know, like I, you know, I, I'm so happy that he's my coach. You know, and then Coach Gilbert, our assistant, the culture. You know, we've got a really good set of coaches right now. Like probably the best that I've had since I've been in college. And I, I. I'll Put, you know, I'll put my hand on the Bible on that. I'm really, you know, I'm really happy that I'm working with him. Um, I've become just so much better of a football player. You know, he's taught me just how to be confident and how to play fast and just, you know, sometimes he's got to pull me back a little, pull me and Casey and some of the ones back, you know, like, we're, we're, like I said, we're a group that just wants to, we want to win. Like, we want to win really bad. Like, if that's, you know, starting fist fights in practice because we're trying to get the tempo going. Like, we're trying to be, you know, he his big thing is let's be the leader of the team. So, like, you know, that's how we're going to change this place is the O-line. You know, we're going we're gonna to try and run the show. and Like, we're going to try and set the pace for practice. You know, there's not a lot of O-lines. You know, he says the best. Like, you know, I've been in a lot of, you know, I've been in two places now and coaches, you know, a lot of times have to push kids to work hard and finish, not this group, like, not anymore, you know. It's almost because you, like, saw the bottom. Yeah, we, we've, it's like, this like, is what we, happens when you we, don't. You know, we've seen rock bottom. Yeah. <laughs> it only goes up from here, but we also know that, like, you know, we're rock bottom, but, you know, we're really not that far off. I mean, we almost beat a team that beat Alabama last year. Totally. And, like, we got a lot of guys returning. We got a great leader, Casey Roddick, like, and we're going to, like, we're going to shock a lot of people. I'm really and like you say you guys want to kind of set the tone on the other side it's kind of the defensive line that's doing yeah, now with all those veterans yeah that's got to be kind of fun feeling oh, like you're definitely. going on strength on strength right? oh, like yeah. be the more physical be have have that energy uh, yeah this d-line is the best that i've seen them be since i've gotten here they're you know I, it's probably what i'm supposed to say but i like really mean that like you know, Jalen Sami, Mason Maddox, you know, Janai. It's like, there was a group last year that, you know, they struggled at times, but, like, they're kind of in the same boat as us. Like, they don't want to be bad. I promise you that. Like, they're bringing, like, if we don't have it, like, they're bringing it. So we got to come every day. They've got to come every day because we're bringing it too. 
And, you know, Carl, I, I guess I can't say it was like the first time there was like pushing and shoving and whatever. Yeah. It was the first time we heard about it. And he he like smiled when he was talking about it. Yeah. Like, like he's happy about that sort of stuff right. happening. And obviously there's like a line, but is do, do you feel like there's another competitive dynamic oh, yeah. that's like happening every day, every day feels like a game right now. Huh. And that's, that's been huge. Like there's not a lot of times like in college, I mean in any sport, like where you come out to practice and like you, we, you got to be prepared. You got to be ready to go. Like, cause if you're not, like you're gonna get, you're gonna get your shit ran through. Like, and you know, it, it is like almost like a game. And like we've got, we've had some competitive periods where like it's just been like it's been blood and guts out there. Third and twos, third and twos, like, yeah. and it's like it's been like it's been really give and take. Like last year in camp, we'd have days where the offense is like scoring touchdowns, and then we wouldn't be able to do anything. Yep. You know, not not now. It's like it's period to period on who's winning. It's 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 like it's a game of inches right now between the two groups, and I think a lot of you know the fans are going to see that tomorrow. It's just a team that's you know we probably we're not going to show a lot, but we're going to be chippy and we're going to be ready to go. Like we're all excited, you know we love we practice has been so fun because it's just it's hard nosed football. It's what it's what we're trying to do. The winner of the Pac-12 is always the most physical team. In it. That's what the easiest thing to do is the most controllable thing you can do. Totally. Um, when you look at like last year's group so so there's like a lack of physicality but what else kind of stands out in in that difference between this year and last year when you look at the two um, you know like i like i said you know I, I came from a program where it was like really top heavy offensive line you yeah know, i played with tristan i played with yep. larry jackson tyler bomb you know like, multiple first multiple, picks multiple, back. multiple guys. And, yeah. You know, I wouldn't say that athletically, athletically we were that far off, and so that's why it kind of surprised me how when we didn't do so well. But I think, you know, just from the off season, what I've really noticed is like our knowledge of the game is a lot better. You know. We all kind of just knew like what our job was, and now like we know where the quarterbacks end up, we know where the running backs go. I know what everybody on the old lines doing, and I think that's a really big deal because if you don't know what you're doing, you kind of play hesitant, and that's just not the case. There's like I said, this guys are flying across the ball, like it's, it's totally different. Okay, um, you know, one of the things we've heard is that the offense is pretty quarterback intensive. Yeah. They've got a lot of decisions to make. What yeah. what do you feel like in terms of the center? Is it is it more demand? of the center? Is there more communication that's kind of spread out? I always say that the center is the most demanding okay. position. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yes and no. I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's kind of, you know, inside zones, inside zone, outside mm-hmm. zones, outside zone, gap schemes, gap scheme. Like, yep. if, if you know conceptual football, you're going to figure it out pretty quickly. Uh, I think, I think knowing, like, you know, I, being like being able to understand like looks of movement and stuff, like okay. how teams are aligning. You know, if they're going to move, if they're not going to move. Uh, I think that's a little bit more heavy on us this year than it was last okay. year. Uh, but you know, I, I, like I said, like this is just at the end of the day, like we were four and eight last year. And I just think we weren't a very smart football team. Yep. And like. We're, I think we're a really smart football team, and we're going to be able to dice people up just basically because I think we're going to have more knowledge than most people in the country. Because I've I've been to a place that's been like that, totally. and I feel yeah. like I don't feel like we're far off from where, where we were there. So last year is kind of the spread scheme, a lot yeah. of that sort of stuff, and like this year it sounds like very multiple. So you, yeah. you can't really say like it's going to be run heavy or it's yeah. going to be passing. But but just to have the the possibility for games where there's going to be multiple tight end fullbacks yeah. out there, that, that's got that. exactly <laughs> you got to love yeah. it. Yeah, I I, I mean. That's one big reason that I picked Iowa, and then 
kind of a bigger, you know, Coach Terrell talked, like when I was getting recruited, he talked, he, he wants to be the most physical team, and that's the kind of nature of football I want to play. Um, and he, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a different offense, you know. It's not like, you know, I was very pro, and then I went to very spread last year, yep. and I don't really know what to call this, but it's it, it's like it's 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 very fun because it's it's like I said it's very smart football. Like we notice one thing, we, we're able to capitalize big on. It. That's you know kind of what Minnesota did to us last year. Just, totally. You know, saw something one way and oh, let's run the you know let's run the other way, and that's you know. It's been Seems nice. simple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, 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 it feels almost easier to play ball, like when you just know the play calls. You know, it's gonna be right, like every time. That's got. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Um. Last one. So, you obviously working at center, a little bit first and second unit. Yeah. But how do you feel like the chemistry is kind of growing with guys like Tommy and, oh, and Casey yeah. and all that? Tommy's been a blessing for our room. Yeah. Like he's just, he's a great leader. You know funnier than all hell like <laughs> everybody he, says they see the underwear pictures he, yes, like, yes, exactly i mean he, he's an underwear model for god's yeah. sake not a lot of i'll tell you this much we have you know one of the better looking line rooms in the country we have underwear models yeah uh, but uh you know I, the chemistry is really good right now like you know i i tell my girlfriend this a lot like you're gonna have to find like 20 friends to like stand up a stand up in a wedding because i I don't know who I'd pick out of these guys, you know, it's, you know, we do everything together, like, we're always, you know, whether we're at Casey's house, we've gone to my house, you know, we've gone to other people's houses, like, you know, we're, it's a group that, I, you know, sometimes we get ourselves in a little bit of trouble because we're all together, but, you know, restaurants hate when we come in, you know, we get, we get dinners a lot, and, you know, like, like I said, this is the closest Nick group I've been a part of since I've been in college, you know, I, I feel, you know, I, I feel very confident that I could go up to any of the guys. Um, and if I needed something, they would give it to me. Right there. And, I, and I know that I would do the same to them. Just because it's a group of really good dudes. Like, And I think that's really big in football. I think it's really underrated how much chemistry plays into it. And I think the team that, you know, not only like do they want to win, but like we want to win for each other because we, you know Tommy's Tommy's won a national title. Like he knows what that's like, and he's been able to bring like that energy. Like he's been able to like motivate us to like we can hey we can be something like that. Like we can. You know I was second. In the, my team was second in the Jump Moore Award. I know we're not far off. Like like it's it's been like that. We just want we like we want to like shock everybody. Like because there'd be nothing cooler than you know, there's a lot of people that don't believe us, and there'd be nothing cooler than you know. We us went into Pac-12 North in this stadium, and this place is going nuts because Boulder's ready to Boulder's ready to explode whenever we're good. Yeah, totally. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, the wind it comes and it goes. The football team walking by comes and goes and talks a lot. They they talk a lot. Um, but there you go. Hopefully, I always wonder because it's like yeah, when I sit here on my computer, I can hear every word that he said. But then you think, like, well, I also know what he's going to say, and I expect it, and I have the transcript sitting right there. But, yeah, the point is, that's kind of it for those, right? Until the fall. Who knows? Maybe I'll be able to go get, like, a better field microphone type thing for that situation. <sighs> we'll see. But, um, yeah, spring game tomorrow. Uh, garage sale starts at 11 up at the Balch Fieldhouse. The spring game starts at 1 at, uh, at Folsom. And then the field day on the field at three. And then uh, I should add, like four or five-ish will be live on YouTube. So definitely come hang out. We'll talk about the game. Want to hear what you guys think. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess that's the next time we'll talk. We'll wrap up all of the spring tomorrow. And I'll see you there.